0: hey who am, who's after
1: me okay got it well, that's weird
2: <laughs> did you get that announcement buddy
1: yeah that's never okay. happened before
3: well because we don't record it
2: buddy we got something hey, we, 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 we have a, we have a smart weird. guy that does all of it Whew. magic hands but he had he had to go out of town unexpectedly last night douchebag
0: yeah, he had he had a lemon marscapone that he had to put together that was apparently more urgent than our yeah, show.
2: Chris, our producer is a marine that got out, and he's uh, studying to be a baker. A what? A uh,
0: baker. Uh,
4: <laughs>
2: the man.
0: The man specializes he, in desserts.
4: Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. A baker. A baker. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and like so, hangs out with a candlestick maker. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In the words of Roy D. Mercer, you're a Marine and you bake cakes? Well, yeah. I don't
1: think I have a problem with <laughs> yeah. your. I'm going to come down there
0: and – uh. He did. But when he called the Marine that grew flowers, that was about – One of the, those my, Navy – You're a Marine movies. and
5: you grow pansies? Yeah.
2: I don't yeah. think I have a problem with Marines. Marines. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to go. Dave, it'll be on you. Yeah, we're good, brother.
5: Should I record, too? I just requested to, just in case, Nick. Uh, are we good?
2: Yeah, go ahead. I mean, we should be good, but go ahead.
5: All right. It's saying, uh, waiting for, you have to uh, give me permission to record. What the fuck? Nah, we'll just run it. you just run it? Yeah. All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trash Talk Hour. Welcome to episode 59. Shout out to our sponsor, Zach Farkas, with the Veterans Mortgage Source. 10th mountain whiskey go check them out at 10th mountain type in btt and get yourself a discount our newest sponsor barrage coffee you can check them out at barragecoffee.com special guest today is retired colonel chris linder and today i'm joined by nick buddy and joe over to you joe it's actually
0: over to buddy so i'm gonna roll with it yeah it's well, okay. actually you know exactly
5: over to me in fact that's why read I the script play. dave this is the, the first script. time i didn't read the script it's over yeah. to joe let's just fucking yeah. do it I i'm spent starting to
2: dumpster years. fire early i spent three <laughs> fucking minutes on that script okay three minutes <laughs>
5: <Wow>. i'm starting <laughs> to dumpster fire early hey let's buddy do. buddy i'm, wow, I'm
1: preparing to hear you speak wow hey so who's doing it dave or, or is it me buddy we're gonna, it, it me joe? we're gonna stick with you buddy we're gonna go with the script. All right, I like that. I like that idea because we planned it. Let's let's stick with the plan as long as possible. Don't fight the plan, fight the So, my uh my honesty cap is uh is pretty simple. Uh, I you know, had a buddy that uh, that got into a little trouble in the last uh, in the last week or so. Uh, and it and it kind of I don't know. It uh it kind of struck home is that you know our this show is about uh, suicide prevention, mental health veterans and all of that but i don't understand and i guess maybe it's more a question than an honesty cap is like why do we wait until the the wheels are burnt off of the car before we maintain it why why do we wait to get a dui before we go you know what i might have a drinking problem because I drink a fifth of fucking liquor every day like i might have an anger issue because like but we don't Deal with it until we're like punching holes in walls or our wives like why is it we don't maintain our our sobriety maintain our mental health until until it's gotten to the point that we have to deal with it that we're forced to deal with it and why don't we point it out to each other more often than like hey man like i have a drink on saturdays because i'm you know when i do the show and and because 10th Mountain Liquor is awesome. Pipe but, in VTT, you uh,
5: get a discount.
1: And if you go to VTT, you get a discount. So why wouldn't I have a drink on Saturdays? But there's a difference between having a drink and drinking to get drunk and drinking every single day and, and knowing the difference is important. And I think uh, but that, mental health, all of the things, uh, all, all deal with like maintaining ourselves in a, in a well-rounded uh, person. Not, we're not very good at doing it until we're forced to look at it because uh, because we've we've crashed our car into a wall and they were like shit. I really should have I really should have probably worked on the steering of this thing when it was starting to wobble 800,000 miles ago. Anyway, that's my honesty, Uh Happy Saturday. On to ah. you, Joe.
2: Happy Saturday, buddy. Happy Wait, Saturday, no. buddy. Oh, Happy Saturday. It is. Not, not bad. Not a bad. No, that was good. It was okay. No, was no kinda... buddy. Let me, let the, the let me caveat add. caveat
0: off of what Buddy said. Go ahead, Joe. And it would behoove you listening. Fine. I didn't mean to catch both at one time, but um, if you want to talk do. about burning time and, and, and professionally really fucking up and setting yourself back, um, come talk to me and I'll be transparent about what I did to set myself back and let you know there's no fucking judgment here. All right. Oh, I judged. You. I've seen I've seen the bottom looking up and I had every excuse to call it quits then, but I was honestly, it was either it was either turn it around or, or everything. So I chose that, but seriously, the choices I made put myself in such a bad situation before I decided to maintain it. So buddy's right. Don't waste fucking time. Um that actually leads right into what I stole this week. I read this somewhere and as far as I know, it doesn't belong in a book. Anymore. Yeah, in a book. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand nine words in that book now. Um, I only read but, memes. So everybody's heard of the 12 steps. It's funny that Buddy was talking about people drinking. All right. I'm going to call these the veteran 12 steps. And if you guys have heard them before, just pretend like you haven't. And, and you know, compliment me on it. Um, no, but seriously, it, it's a cursing alert. So this is not a kid friendly 12 steps, but it's a good one. All right. Number one. Do the fucking work. Don't be lazy. All right. That's obvious. Two, stop fucking waiting. It's time now. Three, rely on yourself. The universe doesn't give a fuck. Four, be fucking practical. Success is not a theory. Five, be productive early. Don't fuck around all day. Six, don't be a fucking baby. Life's hard. Get on with it. Seven, don't hang out with fuckwits. That's an obvious one. Eight, don't waste energy on shit. You can't control 10. Stop bullshitting. It's embarrassing. 11. Stop putting toxic shit in your body. It's just stupid. And 12 stop doing the same fucking thing and hope shit changes. So I'm going to call it the veteran 12 steps. I don't know who that belongs to, but I think it's brilliant. It kind of goes off what buddy just said. So that's all I got, Nick. That was uh, I, I hijacked that and thought that was good conversation fodder.
1: I think uh, I think you're right, Joe. I think it's I think it's awesome that Man, whoever uh, wrote that put, was spot on. Yeah, and it's in terms that we can understand. It's Like stop hanging out with fucking assholes.
2: Yeah, it's like when we had uh Win Anderson on the author, well, with wombat, you know. And it's like when I when I read the book, I you realize, oh, I think we have a, a, a the Mad Colonel's coming in early, so we'll get him on here. Um, so you never know when he comes on. He gets fucking angry and just shows up. Now there's some. What is that? Op four, really cool, classy picture with your fucking link adapter <laughs> on, Colonel Rob. Was, JRTC yeah, picture. Look there. how badass I am. What the the, fucking, fuck? the helicopter's still taped down and the fucking the rotors are still tied down. Damn straight, Chris. Chris, <laughs> yeah. this is all the talk until he shows up. All right, mute your mics to get down, boys. Oh, oh man. So welcome, welcome onto the show, Colonel Rob, the Mad Colonel. Uh, say hi to to uh, Colonel Linder. You got two colonels on here. Come oh, on, man. We got like oh fucking seventy worth of experience here. Let's go. So oh, 12 weird. right? Yeah, no, no. Like, hey, bro, okay. hey, don't correct my math. I'm the host, okay? What
5: kind of shit show used, is this? I
2: used, I use infantry math. So how many seventy? What's uh? Okay. What's infantry math? You
1: yeah. ask? Yeah. What's
2: one plus one? Yeah. Left Bravo. Left Bravo, what it is. motherfucker. Yeah. Even even put in the algebra and put in like a B in there, I think, or is that physics? I don't know. So. Hey, well, hey, welcome welcome to uh, the show, Curl Rob. It's been a minute. What's got you triggered lately?
3: All right, so here's what's got me hot right now. So first of all, I absolutely hate the month of August. Those of you guys that have been down range at that time of year have probably been blasted just like I have. I fucking hate it, to be completely honest. And it's one of those times of year that uh, absolutely sucks. But as veterans, we all have to keep in mind that everybody has those kind of moments that uh, – Triggers them throughout the course of the year. It's not the same for everybody. Some people it's in the spring, some people it's in the fall, but it's definitely one of those things that you got to watch out for, for your uh, battle buddies and Ranger buddies to the left and right of you, because there's going to be that moment where you're going to see it in their eyes and you're not going to know why they're freaking pissed off. And it's usually associated to some event that happened to them downrange. I have three things that I want to leave you guys with. The first one is, you know, I hate the month of August. Second thing is, Don't use your leadership for politics, right? And we see that a lot these days. Uh, One of the reasons why I punched out was probably because I shot my mouth off too much being the angry colonel. And there was probably some angry colonels and generals that did not like that. So I didn't uh, achieve the epitome, as some would say, of a military career. I've hit the pinnacle of a mediocre career uh, at 23. But what I would tell you is there's a lot of leadership right now that is leveraging their position to play politics. And it doesn't matter what side of the line you're on, you're endangering your soldiers' lives and their livelihoods when you think about your political future rather than thinking about how uh, the outcome is going to impact your organization. And then the other part of it is, is Don't use politics for leadership. And that's the third point. And the third point is, if you guys have been watching the news and those of you guys have been deployed, understand that uh, extortion 17 was yesterday, kind of honoring that uh, incident. But I think loosely based into uh, some political addicts of uh, the 2000 uh, election time, the 2012 election, right? We put this information out there that SEAL Team 6 smoked UBL. And then the follow-up was, oh, the Taliban put a freaking bounty on their heads because they knew that SEAL Team 6 was involved in everything that went down with UBL and then extortion 17 happened. Whether you're a conspiracy theorist or not, it was one of the most catastrophic events in SOCOM history, but it was directly linked to a leader opening up the books and declassifying an operation that should still be classified to this day, right? For a secret, it's 10 years. For top secret, it's 25 years or longer. And I can guarantee you the methods, techniques, and uh, procedures that were utilized to find Osama bin Laden, although they showed up in zero dark 30, the true story is still very deeply classified. And because some leaders wanted to make some political bones, they released that information. So again, I hate the month of August. Do not use politics for leadership and don't leave your leadership for politics and i gotta go jets and rangers damn away. i'm always bringing all the way folks. way to go oh, rob thank you comes thank in you. with a thunder
2: Bravo, Bravo! <laughs> so but yeah those of you who, uh i don't even know
1: how to unpack all of that yeah well,
2: I'll do- <laughs> where do we start where do we yeah. start yeah. yeah it's uh i always explain this to the you know the enlisted folk a swine you know because i decided to go to college like so i'm like way ahead of like buddy as far as like reading uh so when when it comes to that kind of stuff the the joe is always complaining and i'm like look if you want to make it to the rank of general right you can get there on merit on your education on your skills you got it's throughout history of any army you got to know some people right you got to have connections i mean i always i always used to bring it up with like general patton where he had to marry into money So that eventually, you know, he started getting some, you know, some stature. Because back in that day, they'd demote you, but keep you in the army unless you were somebody, right? So eventually he got to the stature with money and he was able to, you know, stay promoted higher. Uh, But, you know, there's the boss for these generals is the president, you know? And when you say no to the president, your resignation usually comes in right after it you know and it's like sorry you know and that's what people do or you know the president doesn't want to fire you because he doesn't want to look bad politically so then he has a team somewhere find some email you sent to some fucking woman or you know some powerpoint presentation that you gave in afghanistan that nobody gives a fuck about right and it's like all of a sudden oh my god fire him you know it's like oh so we're gonna fire one of the greatest minds of our ground force teams and overall you know strategic level operations because of a fucking tweet you know or because of an email you know and again oh well go back you know macarthur they let him get up on congress and scream and then poof he was gone all right it's like they just they throw you away all right just like any other piece of military equipment when you're fucking done you get thrown away if you have any type of you know goals other than that like that's what Colonel Rob is saying is, is you see a lot of guys, they try to protect themselves as much as possible because they have goals at the, at the end state with politics. All right. And that's where you become very dangerous as a leader, because now what are you doing? All right. Are you doing things, you know, all the education that the government's paid for, for you so that, you know, you can make these great decisions. And then, you know, what, what are you setting yourself up for? So you got to be careful with those guys. There's snakes everywhere and uh, it just happens. But at least for the most think, part, go ahead, buddy. I think it's interesting, Nick, that we're talking about it as if it's an officer problem
1: when more and more it's an NCO problem also. Yeah,
2: like absolutely. we're supposed
1: to be the advisor to the officer and the, and the, the kind of the, the people subject matter expert and the training subject matter expert. But we spend more and more time with our head up their ass at a, at a meeting so like, when's the last time an officer made a decision at a meeting? Never. It's never happened. George Washington never made a goddamn decision at a meeting. So why the hell do we have to be at the meeting? Let's just, let's talk about it at the end of the day when I'm spending all my time with the boys, making sure that they're trained to do what we need to do, fight and win our nation's wars. And you're going to meetings to figure out what part of what war we need to fight. And then we get together at the end of the day, we talk about leader business and we and we do it you know, that way, but we spend all of our time as NCOs trying to be politicians now. That's why, I mean, to be honest, now that I'm on the uh, the twilight zone, getting out part, you know, Sergeant Major's probably the most worthless rank in the Army. Because all they do is, I mean, they don't do anything anymore. Used to, like, I remember Sergeant Major's walking around, you know, and, and the, you know, we hey, the Sergeant Major's going to be around, so make sure your privates know what they're doing. Make sure your team leaders know what they're doing. Because the sergeant major going to talk to him. He's going to find out how their family life is going. He's going to find out if they're trained accordingly. Now they're, they're busy. You know, Oh, I got to go to a meeting with the Colonel. Got to go to a meeting with this guy. Got to go to a meeting with this guy. Why? So that you know what they're talking about. How about you guys just talk and you'll figure out what they're talking about. You don't have to be there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They bring it down. Like even in, like the first sergeant level. And I would just, I would roll my eyes to get kicked out of meetings, you know, on purpose. You know, I would sit there, and they'd be like, "Oh, what's the matter, Cutrell?" And I'd be like, "Are you going to ask any questions about how we're training these boys, or are you going to keep going over like you know T plus fucking twelve? Like you know, like yeah. do, you need to, do you need to know how to train this because I know how to yeah. train what you're talking about. Do you need me? Do you need me to explain how to do these drills? No, and I'm going to go. I'm bye. Like I'm going to yep. go fucking train my guys. You
1: but know, but now, gonna... but now we're we're so locked into our our emails, our computers, and and going to meetings that. You know, when do we get out and go look at people at the range and make sure that, you know, private snuffy is actually knows how to shoot his gun, because that's what I need to be able to advise the colonel on right, whether the company is prepared to go to to, to go to war, whether every platoon is ready to go to war. And if not, what ranges we need to how do we need to tailor our training to prepare our guys to go to whatever conflict the colonel and, and the head shed think that we're, we're going to go fight right but but we don't want to upset anybody because we want to we want to make our next birth or our yeah i will i'll change everything when i could be a you know when i could be a battalion sergeant major or when i could be a brigade commander or a brigade sergeant major we'll change things now and then it'll, it'll fix it you know is that literally
5: not happening though like on the line like we were used to, which are like you're in a different world. You're in the SF community, you know. So I, I think you don't. Well, know,
1: it's I, not I, happening here. So well, yeah, a, I, I think that if it's not happening here, it's not happening anywhere. They, like for me, it, you can lead, again. Ready.
2: It's it's it, it goes hand in hand with like because when I was a line first sergeant and then an HHC first sergeant, it goes hand in hand with uh, the politics of it. So do I want to make my senior raider happy? Do I talk to my senior raider who's a lieutenant colonel? Right, and it's like. If I go in his office and be like, look, sir, you can rate me four out of five. I'm not going to the fucking brigade QTP. You know, like, I don't care. You know, I, like, especially during these next two weeks, because we got this, that, 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 and that coming up, you know? And it's like, and then I had a good sergeant major and a good colonel. So I got lucky. And they were like, to the three, they were like, hey, get the first sergeants in your fucking office. All right. You know that the colonel is probably going to pick the most senior captain as the D.O., He's like, but that three, that young major in there, he needs the first sergeants to be like, look, if we're going to do a fucking raid, these are your two companies, right? If you're going to, these guys are really good at that, you know, and then it makes the, that's, that's what a first sergeant, you know, needs to be going to his commander and being like, look, this is what the three's planning. All right. If we don't focus on this, that, 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 and that next four weeks, we're going to be on the fucking sideline. Right, and we're gonna be the QRF uh, company because we're sitting here worried about this when the next six weeks is what's coming up, bro. You know, and then I, that's what a good first sergeant does. You know, making sure that yeah, well, the, the training but all, that, the metal. all that
1: Nick should be done like every day. We're talking like I'm talking to my my company commander. Hey, we need to. We're doing our own training meetings or whatever. But if if I'm not the first sergeant that's out there popping up at training every at least every every week or two. If I'm a guy that's, like, walking to the platoon and being like, hey, platoon sergeant, why the fuck are you in the office right now? Why are you not out with the boys? Where are your boys? What are they doing? Are they in their rooms playing video games, or are they out in Area J training? You know what I mean? Um, and if they are in Area J, let's take a walk out and, and, and see what they're doing. Let's make oh, the, yeah. not, to, not to micromanage them, but to check on what they're doing because they don't have the experience that we do. But yeah, I also, still, need to know. that's why
5: I brought that up, buddy. That's why yeah. I brought that up. Cause that's what I, what I, that's what we came up in. That's it's what we're used second. to. That's, but
2: that's, brother, that, that was the, that was a standard. standard. It's still yeah. happening. You know, like I said, it's still happening in, in, in some units and that's know, why that, I brought I it up. Saying, Cause it was curious because I mean, this, we, this we square square were up in those guys way. are out yeah. there training, but again, that's what it is. You know, like there's just those, that culture that gets built, that takes a long time to change it once it starts getting more political. Once the culture becomes extremely political, good luck to the next three or four fucking colonels. My second there.
5: platoon was always yeah. the best because it had the best
2: culture. You know, yeah, forever. exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, buddy started. you in 1970. I, 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 yeah. 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 Thanks, buddy. You're Thanks, welcome, buddy. Yeah. But, anyways, <laughs> don't, uh, we, don't we stop till your balls fall off. We got, you know, we, that's the dumpster fire. We get a little sidetracked once in a while, but uh, Colonel Rob got it spun up, so it's a good conversation I always have. Uh, but with us today, all right, is Chris Linder. Now we make fun of you in the song, Chris. So I'll, I'll have to wait for you to to listen to it. Our 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 singer was under the weather for the last couple of weeks. So, but he's finally back and he's singing. And uh, I kind of put it in the script a little bit. I know that Dave didn't read it, but you know, he was a you were a nurse, and you yeah. made it to Colonel. Yep, that's that's, that's amazing. Me, yeah. It's yeah, like,
4: I told you, I like, I like air conditioning in women,
2: so. Yeah, there's, there, <laughs> there, there, no, nobody is judging that decision. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's just, you know, we always, it's always funny when you, you go into a hospital and there's like a, a higher ranking person and you're like, is this guy like really a colonel or is he, uh, is he like a doctor? <laughs> so, it's
5: confusing as hell yeah so no, he's like really
2: nice and acting yeah, really, really, really cool. nice yeah. and uh, like but anyway so i met chris uh i met chris in el paso and uh we, we swing the sticks together play a little golf here and there and uh he invited me over to his house one time for a kentucky derby party which i won the winning horse by the way but um uh he had all of this bourbon and i was like this is fucking phenomenal and and he was like oh, by the way, I I also happened to rate bourbons for a magazine in El Paso. And I was like, no shit. So I figured, all right, those of you that are watching now, cause it's recorded obviously, is we all think that we gotta buy, like for a special occasion, I gotta get this guy this bottle of uh, Glenlivet 25, here, you know? Or I gotta get this guy this, that, or that, because that's that's what the store says, it's on the top shelf, right? so maybe us us guys that can only spend about 50 40 50 bucks a bottle on a good bottle of bourbon or whiskey uh can get some help today because that's what chris is an expert at is is hey this only costs 30 but it tastes like this all right and he's going to help explain that so welcome to the trash talk hour chris and uh thank you for your service so talk a little bit about your service and then uh how you got into the the bourbon education business. Yeah, I cannot
0: wait to hear this.
2: Yeah,
4: thanks. Uh, so, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I love the show. I've uh, listened listen to every episode. I love it. It's uh, it, it's definitely a value for our soldiers who are uh, struggling and getting out of the military and making that transition and trying to figure out you know who they are outside of the military. Um, you know I, I I'll start out with the fact that just like all of you and most other people who've served in the military for you know as long as I did twenty eight years you know your your identity kind of gets wrapped up in 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 what your job is, what your rank is, all those kinds of things in the military. And, and in, in reality, the military doesn't give a fuck about you <laughs> in the, in the long run, you're going to leave and it will function without you. And, and that's the first thing that, that people need to realize. And, and when it comes to, you know, your mental health, um, you know, the, the, the military will, will talk a good talk. Um, but, the walk isn't there. It really isn't. Um, you know, the stigmas and things like that are are still there despite the facts that they will say that they aren't, or they're trying to get rid of them. Um, you know, I worked at HRC, uh, and doing assignments and things like that. And I, I, will tell you the first time that I heard, uh, that we were screening people, uh, people's mental health records before we were going to assign them to specific units, I thought, you know, what's going on here? You know, we're, we're telling people to go get help if they need it. And, and then at the same time, we're eliminating them from specific assignments because they've gone and sought help. And it's not right. It it really isn't. And you know, even as a colonel, or, you know we're all human. We're all human beings. We're all uh, susceptible to the same issues and same stressors and things like that. And and when we experience traumatic events, we need to go get help. And not being able to talk about those things, even as a colonel, you know, it doesn't matter. Even in the medical side you're still not able to really talk to people about the, the issues that you have to deal with. And, you know, I, I mean, I retired a little over a year ago uh, out here at Fort Bliss, and uh, I wasn't planning to, but I'll tell you that things happened in my life that uh, were traumatic. And I said, you know what, um, I don't have it anymore. I don't want to play the game. I don't want to play the politics. I don't want to play uh, these these nonsense games that the senior leaders in the military play. And like uh, you know, your angry colonel <laughs> Colonel Rob uh, was talking about. Uh, it's it's all about politics once you get to senior levels in the military. And you know, relationships matter absolutely. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, the same rank as you or, uh, uh, even, you know, your, your supervisors, superiors, or subordinates, the relationships really, really matter. And we need to take care of each other. We need to develop those relationships and, and earn the trust of each other so that when we have issues, we're able to go to each other and talk about them. and and then help each other get through it, uh, and and so, you know that that's really the biggest thing that I wanted to talk about today. Aside from you know <laughs> the bourbon and the the amazing brown water that we get from uh, mostly from Kentucky, uh, and 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 I really. Uh, appreciate what you guys do and allowing people to come on here and talk about some of the challenges that they have and, and be real with people, not, you know, this fake crap that we have to, you know, create some persona and an image so that we can be a tough guy or, uh, you know, try to portray ourselves as somebody who's immune to the, the crap that goes on in this world. Um, so I again, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate uh, Tenth Mountain Bourbon here for uh, allowing me to try their <laughs> their amazing stuff. Um, again, uh, you know, Nick, you talked about playing golf, which that you know that's my release every Saturday morning. You know, whether I suck or whether I'm playing really well, it doesn't matter because I'm hanging out with other guys and. Uh, drinking and just just kind of having fun, man. That's really what life is about. Uh, don't take it too seriously and just have fun. Um, hey,
1: little known fact, by the way, speaking of uh, uh, an environment where it's okay, okay to be yourself and not have a son, Joe cries every four shows. Every four <laughs> show, Joe cries. Hopefully yeah. it's not a huge deal
2: yeah the glasses the glasses will go on in a little bit yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's don't, what he he's
1: always yeah. got sunglasses on which is weird because now i feel like i'm wearing sunglasses he's not i don't even know who you are anymore joe i honestly um, i was
0: about to ask you what the fuck's up with you because you're actually in front of a structure and I, not traveling for once so I am, I, I'm, are, I'm you, are you are pr- you
2: are you in prison
0: i'm stunned that you're no, not, not mobile are my, you uh, squatting at someone's new, house that's on vacation again house.
2: or
1: what, what is that
0: I live downtown. Hold on, hold on. Brag, man.
1: Also, well,
0: uh, he was in a tent last weekend in the river <laughs> while, yeah, we were, while we true. were shooting. He was in the fucking river. So you know, this is
1: actually uh, people. They don't know that I'm here. I actually climbed up this balcony. They have no I clue. It. I knew it. <laughs> I got their <laughs> coats. They're fucking stupid. People don't he's protect using their special operations. They should protect your passports for all the wrong reasons. Ace, <laughs> hey, hey, I do have a question though. Um, what's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? Because uh, I have this argument all the time.
4: Good question. Uh, so uh, bourbon was, number one, created in the United States. So it's not uh, something that was created over You have in, to stop now
1: and say America. I think yeah, that's a law.
4: Yeah. America. <laughs> America. Anyway. Um, America. So, so I'll tell you that you know, Scotch whiskey was created well before uh, bourbon. And um, Scotch whiskey is, is mostly uh, you've got, you've got uh, malted barley, you've got rye, you've got uh, the uh, single malts and things like that, which, you know, those are, those are aged in used barrels. So typically um, uh, American oak barrels are sent after they've been, after they've aged bourbon in them they'll send them over to scotland ireland whatever to age uh their particular distillate okay oh hold, hold on
1: not to not to not to jump in again yeah but, so you're saying scotch is our sloppy seconds that's what you're telling me right uh, now is that it's, it's second? absolutely not, it's good no.
4: You know, anything created in in Great Britain is sloppy seconds. You you already know that. Yeah, look um, how they're just packs. Yeah, other than <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that, the, that's uh, a bourbon fact. du jour. <laughs> exactly. So they, they use we use our, our seconds uh, uh on our barrels. Uh American oak barrels, by the way, uh which have aged bourbon first. So the uh the first thing is Normally, uh, way back when, bourbon used to be only uh, made in Kentucky. It had to be limestone water. So, you know, the the law was, there was actual legislation that said, you know, it had to be uh, water, corn, and rye and malted barley. That was it. You could only have those four grains. And then they later added uh, wheat to that. So, five different grains. That's it period, five different ingredients. And, and that was it. So you could uh, create a bourbon and it had to be one of those. And so we, we had in Kentucky, you know, it's, it's unique because of its limestone water. Uh, we have a lot of limestone there, a lot of wa- you know, water's flowing through that stuff and it creates a special flavor in the water. And so they use that with the distillate of the corn. So it had to be at least fifty-one percent corn, and then you could put you could use rye or wheat and malted barley. So the malted barley it doesn't really create any flavor in the in the bourbon or whiskey. It just all it does is is, is a function to uh, to to create the alcohol content. So it changes the, the, uh, the sugars into alcohol from the, the grains. And so uh, a rye whiskey is typically going to be more spicy. Uh, and a wheat whiskey is going to be a little sweeter because wheat is sweeter. Rye creates the, that spice uh, flavor. And so we've got something here today, a Tenth Mountain whiskey right here uh, it's actually produced in Colorado. So, you know, some great water, obviously in Colorado from the mountains, Rocky mountains. Um, so this one here is aged one year. So normally, uh, your bourbons are going to age at least two to two and a half years, at least. So they typically are going to put the age on the bottle. Um, this one's aged one year, So you'll see the color is a little bit lighter. I'll show you something like a a Buffalo Trace. So the Buffalo Trace is a little darker because it's aged a little longer in the barrel. So it's gonna be darker. It's pretty simple. You come any closer with those and Buddy will headbutt the screen. (laughs) Yeah, Buffalo Trace, look at this. This is a 1.75 liter bottle.
0: Dude, I'm salivating like I just took took a bite out of a ribeye.
4: Am (laughs) I the only one? Like seriously. You are not.
0: Enjoying yes.
4: this. So, uh, the the biggest thing about the bourbons is that uh, you know, I mean, these are unique to the United States. Uh, we had the uh, whiskey rebellion in the seventeen hundreds in in Pennsylvania, and you know, that was all about taxes. It's always about taxes, man. Right? Taxes on liquor. Follow the money. It's what it's about. Follow the money. Exactly. I was about so, to say that because it's whiskey
0: and because it's Kentucky, people died over this legislation. Oh, right? hell yeah. Hell there yeah.
2: bloodshed.
4: Absolutely. There, Don't there around. A lot of people you who will. died over, yeah.
2: over whiskey. Like deployed know, machine uh, guns in the
4: mountains. Prohibition, you know, you got all that stuff. Uh, you hear of bottled and bond whiskeys. Yeah. Those are always going to be a hundred proof. Like we will uh, end you over booze. Type exactly. Act that's
1: how you got to walk in kentucky not a huge deal but that's (laughs) also a currency for around
4: and find out yeah yeah Fuck around fuck around and find out whiskey so i got into i got into bourbon when i was in kentucky stationed at fort knox um i met my wife there and i was like you know hey whiskey is is synonymous with with kentucky and i wanted to learn more about it and I started getting into it back in about 2010, 2011. I started out with like Maker's Mark, uh, um, Woodford Reserve. You go to the distilleries, you start to see how they make the stuff. You start to see uh, how unique it really is and, and what a special uh, spirit it really is for the United States. And And so I started getting into it. And then I started figuring out, hey, there's a lot of these damn bourbons that are really hard to come by, and so I would start going to different liquor stores everywhere I would travel. So I was at USAREC um,
5: doing recruiting. I'm right? in USAREC right now.
4: Yeah. Ah, there you go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years so, now.
2: Hey, no. guess what? I'll recruit your son. Be careful. Gross.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I was at I was at USAREC at Fort Knox. I was a battalion commander. And I would travel to the nine states that I had uh, for my recruiting stations. And I would start to go to liquor stores just to kind of see what could I find? You know, what kind of new stuff could I find that I couldn't get in Kentucky? And Sir, sir, honestly, Cap, fully on,
1: were you going to liquor stores because you were trying to find liquor from Kentucky or were because you were in USEREC and that's why you had to go to liquor stores
4: <laughs> were you self-medicating actually actually it was probably both because uh I, okay I'll be completely honest the the USEREC CG that we had was all about like you couldn't work more than eight hours uh, so all my recruiters if they wanted to work more than eight hours in a day, they had to get approval from their company commander or first sergeant. And then of course, always the first sergeants and, and the commanders uh, of the companies would always come to me as a battalion commander to try and get approval because they didn't want to take responsibility. If one of their soldiers, you know, was stressed out too much because they were working on a weekend or something like that. So you had to have, you know, the schedule way out ahead, eight weeks ahead, so you can provide predictability for the families and all that kind of stuff, and so that CG uh, was was more about, you know, trying to eliminate some of the the past issues that we had with recruiters out there working, you know, 80 hours a week and, and not seeing their families and being really stressed by trying to make mission, and so, uh, we didn't do that, and and we were more about trying to build the relationships and be able to uh, replicate ourselves to try and do the recruiting for us, right? I mean, you, you you treat somebody well, and you get them in the Army, and then you use them to recruit their friends. If you take care of them, they're going to fucking take care of you. That, that's really the bottom line. Are you,
1: are you trying to make a statement right now and say nah. that people are more important than – than anything else in to I mean, build and a strong mission, military soldier first, that. mission first. That. Leadership, always, right? soldier
5: first if you if you take care of that your mission will take care of itself absolutely i've always learned that absolutely i've been at new strike for a while now i'm a first sergeant out in phoenix um but uh Wait, yeah
2: phoenix by the way the phoenix battalion is notorious i'll cite recruiter times all right oh for yeah driving That's their right. soldiers yeah. into the grave and we all know recruiter times is like pretty much the gospel. <laughs> so yeah, Dave's responsible for like twelve deaths in the Phoenix Battalion. According to I've
5: <laughs> seen I've seen some really horrible leadership in Phoenix Houston. Phoenix I've seen some tough very good things. leadership as well. It is it is a tough market. Yeah. But it's always about it's taking care of the soldiers, point blank. Like absolutely. You, absolutely. you, you know, you, you can't people you know, I have a found respect, up. and these guys are gonna laugh because you know Nick was infantry, continued infantry. I was infantry with Nick and Joe. We deployed buddies yeah, special forces, but quick. like but the mission never stops. You know, yeah. I used to joke and laugh about recruiting and how, you know, whatever, recruiters are fat and lazy, but the mission never fucking stops. Like, you deploy, you come back, or you go to the field, then you then you chill out for, like, three, four weeks. You do whatever. Recruiting, right. you're zero to hero or hero to zero from one day to the next, yeah. and it doesn't fucking stop. It's that constant are you, pressure.
1: Uh, are you ready yeah. for me to tie this all back into bourbon, Gus? Yeah, yeah, tie back. No, no, you can talk hey, about hey, how badass you are, like, uh, but... I can tell uh, you that the medical business, shit it's is exactly exact The issue, right. yeah. The yeah. issue with all of that is that uh, building a, a mission upon people and relationships takes time to develop. Of course, a lot like a good bourbon.
5: Yeah. 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 Exactly. But uh, anyhow, we got off on the recruiter's okay. thing. Give that bourbon. Give it a get <laughs> rated. What do you What do you do? You rate it from one to ten. What, what is tenth? Uh, well, so you
4: know? normally, so normally, I rate th- I rate bourbons uh, from one to five and i do it based on the uh the nose so you know i sniff it smell it is it is it high you gotta quality stick the pinky out
5: when you're doing it you everything really uh, always has it, to pass yeah.
4: the sniff test you gotta have the <laughs> pinky you know <laughs> everything absolutely. yeah absolutely <laughs> you got to bring the pinky out smell it uh you, you you start to take in some of those smells that you're going to have uh, and then when you taste it, you're going to try and pick up the same, uh, same smells that you're going to get when you taste. So, um, one of the things that I do, uh, I try to write, you know, everything that I smell when I sniff it. So this one, corn, I,
5: I you for know, those of you that just tuned in or just listening, we're talking about bourbon. Okay. Exactly. i <laughs> yeah, to yeah. throw yeah. that out there. I am way
4: too else, right. and have <laughs> this
1: conversation.
5: I'm
0: not talking about smelling so, so pinkies
4: for, for the you corn, later. The corn, it smells really sweet. So, so anything that's got a high level of corn, this one has over 70% corn. So, so that's going to be sweet. You know, if you go and uh, and grill a corn on the cob, you know, it's it's really sweet. Um, if so you me 50 one, bucks, you
0: said it was sweet. 60% corn.
4: What's that? Nick owes me 50
0: bucks because he said it was 60% oh, corn. Oh, no, it's it over 70%. Percent, I tasted it. I know
4: it's 70%. This one's over 70% corn. Um, and then, you know, you start to pick up some of those smells and then I'll take it, take a little sip, kind of chew it, and then try to pick up where it gives me flavors on my tongue. So a lot of times, you know, some of the burn or the sweetness will, will appear on different parts of your tongue and, when I take this, you know, it's really sweet. Uh, it doesn't have a real long finish. So I'll rate the the palate, you know, how does it taste? And then the finish, how long, how long is the finish? Does it go really burn down my, my throat all the way down to my chest? Or is it just something that just kind of sits in my mouth? Is it, uh, is it kind of an oily flavor, uh, oily feel to it? Or, uh, do I get you know what kind of flavors do I pick up out of it? What kind of complexity is it? Is it complex with like chocolates and tobacco and leather and, and things like that? Or do is it just kind of flat? Um, and so I'll rate them one to five and then I would, based off of the price. So, you know, this one's like 50 something bucks. Uh, and I look at okay, what else can I get for about the same price? Is it better or is it worse? Um, a lot of good bourbons you can get for under fifty bucks. Um, there's, you know, my overall favorite bourbon under fifty bucks uh, costs typically about eighteen bucks, and it's called Early Times Bottled and Bond, and it's. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it's a freaking bourbon that you can pretty much find anywhere you know it's not buffalo trace buffalo trace is a cheap bourbon uh you know it's typically like 30 bucks for a bottle of of buffalo trace um but honestly for the money uh early times is far better than buffalo trace far better um there's stuff like heaven hill Uh, you can find this stuff pretty much anywhere not maybe this bottle but you can find some of the other bottles um it's it's a cheap bourbon that you can find uh old tub is another good bourbon that you can find it's probably about 20 bucks uh elijah craig I might buy that just to say i'm drinking old tub oh yeah <laughs> exactly and have a serious face yep elijah craig right here this is a 94 proof you can find this pretty much anywhere this is a good bourbon do the same your, people your... that make
1: angels in indy make uh, elijah craig because that bottle looks <laughs> super familiar
4: <laughs> no, they, they actually don't. Uh, they're not from the same distillery. Uh, Elijah Craig comes from the same distillery as Heaven Hill. These are from the same distillery, uh, Heaven Hill Distillery in uh, Bardstown, Kentucky. And so um, if you ever go to Kentucky, you definitely have to visit the, uh, the distilleries. My overall favorite distillery there is Willett. It. It's like an old mom and pop distillery. Uh, they'll take you through, they'll show you the big vats that they, uh, they, uh, uh, create the bourbon, the the mash, uh, with yeast. So you'll see, you know, see it aging in these big, huge vats before it goes into the distilling process. Um, that's where the alcohol is all created from the yeast, uh, processing those sugars and turning them into alcohol. Um. The Buffalo Trace Distillery is the most famous distillery. They make a lot of shit. Uh, Pappy Van Winkle, the Wellers, the
5: Blantons. That's my uh, favorite, the Blanton, Blantons. Oh,
4: yeah. Like Bl- Blantons is really good. Um, you know, look, I got, you know, the if you get the Blantons, you got to collect the tops, right, and spell Blantons out, right, and each one of the – horses is in a different position so you got to do that um but of course you have to drink the actual bottles don't buy the freaking bottle toppers don't be one of those dickheads who goes and and buys the bottle tops posers online exactly that should be, gotta, that should be a felony you got to drink your dave bottle, has
1: man. dave has five of those uh barrel things that he bought all the tops for just uh, just <laughs> so right out there he's a notorious liar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Um He's a one of the things I like to so so talking about Blanton right, Nick? yeah <laughs> Blanton's has the the date that it was bottled on the bottle it's handwritten uh one of the things I like to do is my my 3-year-old daughter she was born uh March 10th uh of 19 uh excuse me sorry not 19 uh 2019. She's aging well, you know. If it's exactly. Three-year-old exactly. daughter. She exactly. was born in 19- <laughs> <laughs> 19. So was this on a leap year or what? Exactly. What's going on? Yeah. So I like to. Uh, I, I have a bottle that was bottled the same day she was born. So you like to have one of those. Uh, it, just keep it until they turn 21. In my case, probably 18. My daughter will probably drink that bottle with me when she turns 18. And we will sit down and we will have the entire bottle. So she's going to have to prepare for that uh, over the next. Uh, Love it. Love it. You know, over the next. 60 right. It's right. Years. A passage. <laughs> exactly.
0: Sit so down. I'm going to learn you a thing or two.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of these things. So I collect these things. I have about 300 bottles. Um, and, you know, I drink one drink a day. So, so it's not something that I sit and, you know, drink a whole half a bottle or something like that each day. It's something that I just enjoy each night. It's something that I use to remember my time in Kentucky and my time in the army and my time with all my friends that I had in the army and still have in the army that we've shared these, you know, times together and drank bourbon and, and it's something that you can just share with people, you know, uh, collecting these things, uh, tasting them, trying to get different flavors out of them and, and then sharing it with other people. You know, that's, that's what collecting bourbon is all about.
1: I think, I think the interesting thing that you just said is that you, you have a drink a night. Um, but it's a time to reflect on, on, you know, Kentucky, your past, all that stuff. And I think you know kind of, segueing back to like the beginning of the show there's a big difference between drinking to reflect and yeah. having a drink and just kind of savoring it and savoring the moments that you had in your past and drinking to forget or drinking yeah. to numb the pain yeah. or numb whatever so it, it, it's weird that we started the show with hey don't drink too much and then we're, like, we've <laughs> yeah. spent most of the show either talking about drinking but it uh-huh. you know the fact that i mean it you know we it comes full circle to, you know, having a drink, isn't a bad thing. Having a bottle is a bad thing.
4: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll tell you, I have a special affinity to Kentucky. Uh, not just because I met my wife there, but, um, my 18 year old daughter, um, two years ago, two and a half years ago, she died in a car accident in Kentucky. And so, you know, my, my, my PTSD is not from my time in the military. It's not from my deployments or anything like that. It's, it's from the seeing my daughter, uh, lying there, uh, in a, in a casket. And, and that's the, the thing that traumatizes me the most. And, you know, I could drink, I can keep drinking and drinking and drinking and try and forget. Uh, but it's, Happen, You know, as much as I try to find my, uh, erasing my memories through a bottle, it, it doesn't happen. It actually makes it worse. And so, you know, I try to remember my time in Kentucky. I try to remember my daughter and honor her and, and honor what she stood for. Um, you know, being kind to everybody, uh, you know, not seeing people uh, for what they look like or, you know, what they act like or the mistakes they made or the successes they've had, but seeing them as human beings and everybody deserves uh, that same respect. And so I look at it the exact same way. And when I have uh, some bourbon, I typically am trying to invite other people over like Nick, you know, Nick comes over and other people I play golf with and, and we share the bourbon, we share the expensive stuff that I've got, uh, stuff that's hard to get, uh, or we share the you know the stuff that's really easy to get, you know, this buffalo trays or you know, some Elijah Craig or something like that. And I will tell you this 10th Mountain stuff I'm gonna be sharing with anybody who comes over. Um so it's an experience and it's something that I can share with other people. And, and it helps me with my mental health and dealing with some of the traumas, you know, that I've had in my life. And, and, you know, that's, that's what it's all about, man. It's, it's about sharing yourself, sharing who you are and sharing your experiences with the people around you and, and supporting each other.
2: Yeah, for sure. Hey, Chris, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that again. Um, Sorry.
4: Sorry.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's, a, it's nope. incredible.
0: It seems yeah. like every time we have a guest on, um, we we leave thinking, "Jesus, I'm not complaining for two weeks." Yep. Because, <laughs> I mean, I just I can't imagine. But uh, it, it's it's crazy how everybody when the it, everything comes down to the to a contact sport, get out there and contact your brothers, get around them, you yeah. know? Because yeah. sometimes that's the only way. Like, we no one's gonna understand us like we understand us and and that you know that's part of why we we created this is just to get a platform out there for the guys that are geographically separated like us so we can do this and it's therapeutic for us yeah but um awesome thanks for thanks for the intel on the on on the on the uh fine liquor because i'm i'm definitely thirsty
4: (laughs) you know i i think uh You know, a lot of people, even in my profession, you know, being a nurse or something like that, you always have that chip on your shoulder, like, hey, you know, I'm not infantry, I'm not armor, I'm not one of these, you know, uh, knuckle-dragger guys like Nick there, man, you know, going out and kicking in doors and things like that, but, you know, we all have our our own demons. Um, If you're medical, you've probably seen a lot of stuff uh, with soldiers who've been blown up uh, and, and having to try and fix them up, get them back home to their families, and, and that's a traumatic experience itself. Uh, you may not have the injuries, you know, the physical injuries, and the, those experiences where you saw that stuff happen, but you're going to experience it too. You, you share in that with your brothers and your sisters, and, and we have to support each other. We have to be there uh, even as we get out of the military, you know, transitioning, doing that kind of stuff. You know, it's a different world out there and and the civilians
5: don't understand what we've been through. Yeah. And that's that's one of the most difficult times we've talked about this multiple times during the show is a transitioning piece. And I'm going to be transitioning in two years, retiring, you know, Nick, Nick as well. Joe went through a rough patch, you know, he's, he's talked about it on the show, I think. And that's why I'm, grateful to have this whole team and to be part of this community because like nick always says saturdays this is our therapy you know i think the best way to deal with any type of demon is just to get with your brothers and talk about it you know and that's what what, what btt is all about so i'm happy to be part of this because you know that transition piece you hear it too often they get out and it's a brand new world they're not used to the civilian sector they can't deal with civilians you know now the ptsd is kicking in they're not surrounded by their brothers and sisters anymore so, you go from being um, yeah. a first sergeant or yeah. a colonel to uh, oh, yeah. most basic training mode. <laughs> yeah. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's
0: a hard yeah. thing to do to maybe take shit every once in a while. Yep. Yeah. Someone exactly. doesn't care about your know, service. And every yeah. once in a while, you got to swallow it in the civilian world. And yeah. Man, you know,
4: people are standing up when you walk in the room, you know. Uh, that, that doesn't happen yeah, yeah. you've got a parade rest for me parade
0: yeah. and, when and if you bustle. set everybody's ass straight you get the crazy veteran tag so it's like you gotta <laughs> dance on
1: that fault line somewhere you
5: you're know? suddenly not that important anymore plain and simple you know, how yeah, many I times know. are we yeah. told
1: throughout yeah. our yeah. career that when we get out we're gonna be hobos if we get out before yeah. it's you know past 20 years so oh you can get out but you'll be a fucking bum on the side of the road
2: like really <laughs> will i uh, maybe yeah. Yeah, we, we actually, those of you uh, that are watching this long into the show, we just witnessed another thing happen where Buddy actually went inside of the house. And he, he <laughs> so, then did, he, 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 didn't, he didn't mute the mic. And that was his mistake because you realized immediately that there was a female there that did not like him in the house, right? <laughs> Buddy, is, Buddy is not allowed in the house except on Sunday afternoons. That is the only time he's allowed in there. And then she sent a dog after him. So I don't know if you guys all picked up on that. Okay. Want, be careful. The, uh,
1: the real if thing, the real thing video stops again. It'll start. Unlike, in the car. Unlike me, my phone is, uh, is affected by the heat. I was sitting on my back deck and it got my, my phone got so hot that it had like a temperature warning. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty. I've literally been like, I may have had more than one drink of uh, bourbon.
4: I'm sorry. That's good, buddy. That's
5: good. It's just But the heat did not bother me. It did bother me. Hey, as
1: my long
4: mind. as it was 10th Mountain bourbon, right? Yeah. It was cordial. Not a huge deal. <laughs> cordial
1: by 10th Mountain. It's delicious. It tastes like peach vanilla bourbon. And it is delightful yeah. all of the time.
2: Yeah, so Buddy's trying to understand you know, women's roles in combat more by drinking cordial. And, I was going uh, to say, way, I, that I, way I he kept gets that bottle of pork
1: until
0: my wife gave birth and, uh, to my son in but February. You
2: know, the, me, the, mental health, right? the mental health aspect has to keep getting talked about and, you know, doesn't matter if we keep saying the same thing over and over again because, you know, we used to get messages on Veteran Trash Talk that said, hey, can you help this guy? Can you help this guy? Can you help this guy? And it's like, that's not really what we do. And so I was like, hey, get them to the group. Right, and have him put his problem out there, right? And then out of the forty thousand people, you know, somebody's going to be like, "Yeah, I know what you're dealing with." They would, you no, know? and so like- that's that's the community that we bring up. And I'm, I love how you brought up, you know, the starting the conversation with a glass of bourbon. So we come up with our shirts. We got the Quit Being a Triggered Pansy, the Throat Punch Monday, and all this stuff. <laughs> you know, we don't really care if we sell them. Like, I mean, a little bit maybe, but like, cause it costs money, but. Those are shirts that are supposed to get conversations started. Yeah, you know, and it's like you never you'll see it all the time when you wear that shit in public. Somebody'd be like, "Where'd you get that shirt?" You know, and now all of a sudden you find out that they were in Second Marine Division. You know, and now you're having a conversation with somebody you know about the military, and you you might have like made that guy's whole year, sure. right? Because he's was able to talk about some stuff, express it. You yep. never know,
4: and that's and like hopefully, hopefully they're not a. Uh, pretending to be a paratrooper and saying, "Ura,
2: right. Yes, yes. Joe. Joe doesn't like that.
0: I swear to God, he hit me with a mental haymaker. I couldn't believe what had come out of it. was like 5.30 <laughs> in the morning. And I'm just like, dude, uh, no. Airborne, like, airborne. In, in between those times, it felt like an hour. I was like, what the, did he just say?
2: And we have a perfect example last week, which, uh, of how mental health is not taken seriously by the majority of Americans. It's and America. it's looked at as a weakness. Yep. And we just saw that with one of the greatest athletes in American history. Yep. No, where, let's just say, let's just say she's full of shit. All right, let's say she's lying. Let's just, for, you know, for the sake of the argument, all right, are you gonna take that chance? Right. But I'm going to guarantee you that somebody who has that much winning in her background, that much training in her background, like we're talking about Simone Biles, of course, is she had a problem mentally. And I saw so many right wingers on my Facebook threads fucking so ridiculous fucking yeah. nuts about calling her a quitter and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sitting here like, you know what? I'm like, I'm, and a lot of them are military. And I'm like, I'm yep. so glad you got the fuck out before you had a chance to have that opinion about yep. somebody who was looking for help because you just showed your true fucking colors. One, 100%. you'll never be as good as she is at anything in your life. And we always saw uh, the book of like, her. Not to really bother you, but
1: my, my daughter made a pretty, pretty profound statement about the same things. Like, how are you going to talk about uh, Simone Biles when you can't even do a cartwheel? Like you Go can't ahead. do a cartwheel. <laughs> She's spot
2: on though. She's yeah. spot on. It's true. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and again, fucking they, compete! You these know? people are so average in their head that they've already had that fixed mindset that they have to hate that right there. Like, oh, she quit. All right, guess what, guys? We've all seen combat, all right? We've seen some pretty thick combat. And I've seen guys, you know, I've seen good leaders say, hey, you're sitting tomorrow out. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're oh, like, yeah. sorry, no, man, I'm going out. No, you're sitting out, right? And it's like, because he might be a liability to the rest of the force not because he's a shitbag because he's having a bad fucking day right even if it happens at home like we find out this guy's you know wife cheated on him yeah right hey you're not going on a mission this week right don't care all right reflect think about some stuff right or maybe the best thing for him is to get him out there you know but that's the leader's job right and it's like simone biles was saying i need a break yeah. I'm a liability to myself and I'm also a liability to my team right now. Right. So again, if you haven't built your team to, to win without somebody for a day, yep. all right, then you failed.
4: And, and okay? if you're not, a, if you're a leader and you don't know your people,
5: I was going to say that yeah.
4: you are failing when, when I was, so. You need to be I, able to notice those triggers in and those warning signs. in, yep. in uh, 2007. So during the surge, the 15-month deployment, and I had a bunch of medics that were, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, and we we were there to take care of detainees, and, you know, medics, they don't join the army. People don't join the army to take care of people that we captured who were trying to kill our soldiers, right? So, mentally you have to grasp that and you have to understand it. And I knew after Abu Ghraib, uh, the shit that happened there that we were the next rotation after that. And, and, you know, my soldiers needed to be able to take care of these people and their medical needs, regardless of what the hell they thought about them. And, and, My responsibility at the time I was a major, and I spent all my time with my soldiers, learning what was going on in their lives, talking to them hey, what's going on at home? You know, how's your wife? How's your kids? All this kind of crap, because I knew that if they weren't right in the head, they were going to go out there and take their shit out on the detainees. And then I was going to have an international incident. You know, and that was going to cost lives of our soldiers, you guys like you guys out there, you know, kicking in doors because, and people being pissed off because we were abusing the people that we had detained. And I, you know, I'm proud to say that over 15 months, not one of my soldiers did anything that was going to jeopardize their integrity and jeopardize the mission that we had in Iraq. Wouldn't
1: it have been sick if you'd have had
4: an NCO that could have paid attention to all that for you? I I will tell you. So my NCO, my NCO, I had to relieve because my NCO was only concerned about doing uh, soldier of the month boards. And, you know. I feel like you're
1: making my point from the beginning (laughs) of the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've said a million times. That bad captains are made by shitty E7s uh, because they were, they were oh, 100%. Shitty, they were shitty platoon sergeants when they PL were had a shitty
5: platoon sergeant.
1: Yep. And then shitty yep. lieutenants were made, or shitty captains were made by shitty E7s sergeant. that didn't made it so they couldn't trust their NCOs. So then they became captains, yep. then became majors, and they never be, were able to regain that trust. And yep. instead of having an E8 or an E7 take that trust back and by proving that they could work it they allowed officers to do their job for them instead of like being like you know yeah you had a shitty experience but that's not how the rest of us are
4: yeah absolutely you know I mean as an NCO you know I was an NCO I was an E5 before I became an officer and so I understood you know, what life was like as an enlisted service member. You know, it, it's not something that it's very different than it is as an officer. Very, very different. And, you know, I became an officer because I hated doing KP. I really did. That's that's the God's honest truth. I hated doing KP. I was a medic in a engineer battalion and I fucking hated doing KP and CQ and being in the motor pool and all that shit. I hated it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to become a damn officer and I'm not going to do that shit anymore. And Smile. It was basically because my leaders didn't take good care of me. And you know, they didn't make my job feel important. And and so that's really the job of a leader is to help soldiers understand their part in the bigger mission. How do you affect the overall mission? And a fucking private can completely undermine a strategic level mission. I mean, a private, that's the way things are nowadays. And, and they don't understand, and they're, they're you know, 18, 19 years old, they're not expected to understand. Somebody who's mature and experienced is supposed to be guiding them and, and leading them to do the right thing and to understand how they fit in the bigger picture. And, and really- Don't they, they deserve to be heard? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, they also
0: deserve to be I'm told being sarcastic because everybody feels like they got they're a supposed to do. Now.
2: And when you come yep. in as a
0: private, no, the fuck you don't have a voice. Just shut up. <laughs> Seriously. Like, fuck your feelings for nine months. Man. You know what? You, you know, know who I blame you for all of it?
1: Nick. Nick's down there with all the sergeant majors right now. He can affect change. He won't do it, though. Look at oh, him. Oh, oh, surrounded oh, by his
2: shit. Oh, I, I, been moved, I have been moved a few offices here and there, so I've, I've done <laughs> my best. Okay? you
4: know, nowadays, the sergeant's major, they are – they're becoming a lot more like the officers. Yeah, they're, they're making them they're another
1: major. Well, we, we designed it that way, though,
4: right? Because because it's it's a whole lot harder
1: to lead a group of people that has dissension within the ranks for a purpose, right? Like, so I'm a I, I was an SF team sergeant. We had a chief warrant officer, we had a captain, and then we had me, and it our teams worked perfectly. The reason they worked perfectly though is because the officer was all we, we argued all the time, like literally get told the team to get the fuck out of the office. And we had arguments, but the reason what we had arguments about the officer was always arguing for the, for the mission. Yeah. I was always arguing for the boys and chief was always arguing for the intelligence. Like, and at the end of the day, I had a captain one time that, that said something. It wasn't super profound, but it was profound enough that, that, that professionals speak plainly so that we all understand what the fuck we're talking about. That doesn't mean that we don't cuss. doesn't mean that we, it means that we speak in a language that we can all understand that. So we can all be on the same sheet of music. We don't get wrapped around the, the asshole on proper, like proper speak, proper English grammar, the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and, and, I think that we have gotten so far away from that in the regular army that it's, it's more about the facade of professionalism than it is the professional. Because, you know, I had another buddy that was in Fallujah. He was in uh, Iraq with, uh, with us back in uh, 07. Not a huge deal. He wasn't down at Samara. He would have won that real quick. But that being said, you know, his big thing was they want us to be professionals, but we're professional infantrymen. Professional infantrymen should be dirty, grungy, shitty-looking dudes that cuss all the time, drinking <laughs> smoke,
2: because we're getting paid to murder people for the government. Yeah. Like,
4: yeah it's, it's we're, the not, cha- we're not working in a Fortune it's 500 the Ch- It's the
2: Chandler area where we had to take pictures of our tattoos below our elbows, and then we had to shave while we were on leave. You know, and it was like, wait a minute. I want guys that drive crotch rockets. I want yeah. guys that get tattoos on Saturday night. Right, I'm gonna try to coach them into getting the right tattoo in the right location. But it's like I need a guy willing to kick a fucking door down, not knowing Look, what's if, behind it. Right. If and I'm at Eusterec, like, tat- yeah,
1: yeah. If I'm at Uthurek, I'm at the I, I, I'm at the uh, the X Games trying to recruit there. I'm not at Bible like yeah. at, at Bible practice on on Sunday trying to recruit there. I'm looking for dirty bastards, not. Not nerds who are just like, oh, my mom told me to do this, so I can't. I want you to break the rules because you're fighting human nature to kill another human. That's what I want.
4: Yep. But but we want we want we want it both ways. We want professionals who are gonna be murderers. And you can't have it that you can't have it both ways. That, that's just the way life is, and it's, it's the way that the profession is. And I look at it even from the medical side. We, we talked about uh, you know, readiness. You know, we want to make sure that we have medical readiness. We have our soldiers ready to go deploy and do their job downrange. But then we want them to be productive and somehow match up to civilian hospitals and how many patients they see and how productive they are. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't. You want soldiers to do what soldiers do. Period. Stop trying to make them into something else. Because otherwise, you're going to end up not getting what you're paying for. You know, you're not going to be able to accomplish the mission that the, the American government is paying them to do. Period. So accept. The good with the bad, period. That's what you have to do. You have to accept. You know. You know what? They're gonna cuss. They're gonna, you know, catcall at women. That's what they're gonna fucking do because that's who they are. That's what you want out there on the line, doing their business.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you may be able to skew You may be able to skew that behavior left and right a little bit. You know what I mean? But you're not going to be able to change that and i and I would argue that that's the problem with the mental health of most of America is that we're fighting our nature if you're right. fighting your nature you're going to have issues if you embrace it's your on nature on and then know that there's a time and a place for everything you know what I mean like there's yeah. a time and a place where you can that behaviors are allowed there's a time and a place like you you can't just run up into like a church and start cussing everyone <laughs> yeah. should know that it's like but you but if you're like but you can't just tell yourself well i'm never gonna use words like <laughs> it's not a thing
2: yeah nice um yeah hey so that what this is a, a phenomenal conversation and i think pretty sure we could probably go for like i know we got hours, away
4: from it. the bourbon yeah got it. What, do you, what do
2: you what do you rate the 10th mountain one through five
4: so so 10th mountain one through five I'd probably give it about a three point nine.
2: Nice, nice. And so again, you said that the early times is a good uh, good bottle of bourbon for the price. Absolutely. And yep. then uh, so yeah, I'll definitely look that up as well. What would
0: you rate the early times? Just, just out of curiosity. Not early times, I'd
2: probably
4: rate at about a four point four.
2: <laughs>
0: Holy snakes. Considering Very, yeah.
2: considering
4: the uh, considering the price, the availability, and and how you know, the, the palette and the finish and the nose and all that stuff. That one is the early times bottled in bond. So there's a different early times that really sucks. You want the bottled in bond, which is, you know, a hundred proof. So you'll see it. It's a, it's a blue label and, uh, and it's about 18 to 20 bucks, uh, particular, you know, pretty much a, per bottle. All
2: right. on well, Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, and uh, awesome, Thanks for Chris. sharing your stories, uh, you know, and how, you know, what you do to cope and what you do to, uh, you know, create conversation with your buddies. Uh, yeah. I'm sure lots of us can grow from that as well. Uh, buddy. Thanks for uh, being here and, you know, actually being inside for a little bit. That was strange. That was, like I said, be careful. It's Saturday. Hey, shit happens. It's yeah. weird. It's a weird time, everybody. Always sucks. Yeah. And Nick,
4: Nick, uh, Nick, yeah. Nick, you know, just because you suck at golf doesn't mean you can't come out and play. Yeah. Sat-
2: Saturdays are tough because, uh, you know, like I said the, the daughter's playing football. Yeah. yeah. The daughter's playing if, football. Hey,
0: if they only golf 12 holes, Nick would be lights out. It's 15,
1: 16, 17. Hey, Nick, you know what? You know what I'll tell you about the daughter playing football thing? If dudes acted like dudes, she wouldn't have a chance. But the fact is she's probably more baller than three-quarters of those kids yeah, that are out there. So, that's,
2: a, that's, that's, that's about 80% true. Uh, it's, uh, that is a fact that she is raised athletically and to go win things. So uh, that's a that's a big difference. Uh, however you know i'm waiting until high school when the boys start developing faster but she's a she's a real athletic girl so she'll be able to I bet she's not the first
0: way. one to cry that's what buddy's trying no, to say that's uh, what yeah, I'm exactly that. exactly Which i bet she
2: isn't and I'll I'll, I'll I'll leave us with this uh she came up to my room and said hey i want to play uh football i was like why and she goes because no other girls do it and i was like good enough for me you know and uh so that's i mean you can't can't be a trendsetter by following everybody else in the past so, your child from- yeah, right, my, trash dad,
4: talk my dad told me when i went when i said i want football he said if you can take a hit for me you can play football
2: with a hammer <laughs> 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 so if you can dodge a hammer you can dodge a ball but it would dodge a wrench whatever it says there but uh <laughs> hey guys big shout out to our sponsors again zach for zach farkas and the Veterans letter morgan source and then 10th mountain whiskey all right, you just got a good rating, three point like five, six something, three point nine, I think he said. And then Barrage Coffee, so go to barragecoffee.com, get some coffee from uh, Kyle Early with a uh, battle on the home front. We'll see you guys next Saturday.
4: Cheers, brothers. Party on.